This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. again in the Lincolnshire Wolds. I'm just surveying the damage from from some of this wind that we've been having recently. This is where I normally walk the dog. We seem to have some severe tree damage here and over the back there. Really interesting stuff. And for those of you that are interested in Wolds bits, just before we talk about football, you might like these. You see those? I don't know what the plural of nooses is. Noose? Noosei? They're hanging up there as well. Not quite sure quite sure why that's the case. So, uh, regular podcast listeners will know. Um, and by the way, if you're listening, sorry for the early visual um, uh, demonstration there. This really is a, a video that I convert to audio for the podcast just in case. Uh, so, I've lost my dog already. Um, so, tonight we go to Bolton Wanderers. Obviously, regular listeners of the podcast will know, one, I didn't do the podcast on Thursday. I left it in the capable hands of Jake and Ben. And we're trying to do something a bit different with the preview. When Jake does his video preview, we're going to try and cut some audio from that and give you the opposition's view as much as our own view as well, um, just to try and freshen the podcast up a little bit. So potentially you might get a, a Tuesday morning or a Friday morning dog walk from me, giving my impression of the game coming up. You might not. It depends. Today's pretty windy. The dog looks like he might want a bit of a walk, so why not? So, Bolton Wanderers away. First time we've been to the University of Bolton Stadium, formerly known as the Reebok Stadium, in football league action, uh, I believe. I don't think we went away there in the curtailed season. Beat them 5-1 at Sinsel Bank and then obviously didn't get 
didn't get away. We did lose there in the FA Cup 4-0 a few years ago. Infamously, Chris Sutton's first um, uh, first foray, first transfer window, I seem to remember. And he, he dropped the players that got us through the first two rounds of the FA Cup, including Jamie Clark, who had bagged two in one of the games and brought in Michael Owezu. Uh, on the face of it, he seemed like a bad decision. But now Jamie Clark's in prison for kidnap and drug dealing probably wasn't the right character to represent Lincoln. And funnily enough, I was, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, yeah, those two seasons, 9, 10 and 10, 11, which were terrible. And you think about the actual characters we had in the dressing room now. Yeah, you've got Moses Swaybu, repented, by the way, but at the time, not a great character, Delroy Facey, Ali Fusini, who was um, looking at, at prison time and got away with it. Now, Jamie Clark, who's already in prison. Um, you had Ben Hutchinson, who was just an arsehole. Clark Kelty was later done for driving offences. We've got some appalling characters. Yeah, and then I've seen people likening this season to that season. Theory me. You know, can you can you really see Ted Bishop being done for gun running uh, or something like that? I can't personally. I, I can't see that. I think we've got characters. Anyway, on to Bolton. Uh, just quickly, if the if the wind does get a little too much, let me know. It is still incredibly windy here. Trying to kind of cover the microphone. If the wind gets a little bit too much, uh, please let me know. A couple of mornings. Morning to Chris Keneally. Uh, hope you're doing well, my friend. Morning to Jack Richardson. Carol Dixon, Jimmy Atkin, hope you're all well. Thank you for watching. All the way. I've seen a lot of positivity going into this game, um, which is quite nice to see because it's away and it's against a good team. You know, they've won seven of their last nine. Uh, evening Sam White, by the way. Uh, so they've won seven of their last nine. They're on a bit of a roll. They've got really good players. They play an expansive brand of possession football. Uh, you know, they're they're just the type of team where you like to play. And I genuinely think if all we had to do this season was play teams in the top half of the table away from home, we'd probably get promoted. And that's bizarre, isn't it? Because for most of the teams in our position, it's if they could play teams in and around them at home that they would stay in the league. We're talking about, you know, we're good enough to go to Sunderland and win and Wigan and win and hopefully Bolton and get something. But Doncaster at home, not on your Nelly. So it's a game that people feel positive about. I've got a couple of concerns. I'm going to be honest. They've got some great players out wide. Um, they've got some great attacking players. They've got a lad who was at West Ham called Offaly, and I really like him. Um, he, he's direct. He's powerful. He scores goals. He's kind of, you know, he's the type of winger. I would liken him to a kind of a Danny Gesson type of player, but maybe not with, you know, he doesn't just turn up when he wants to. Obviously, they made some good signings in the summer, in the winter window as well. Kyle Dempsey, probably the reason that Gillingham aren't 10 points adrift of everybody now and they're just sort of a handful of points adrift. Really, really good midfielder. A great football player. Really like Dempsey. Um, Dion Charles, not so keen, actually. We talk about attitude. Is a player that more or less went, you know, wouldn't sign a new deal at Accrington, was stuck out in the reserves. You know, John Coleman handled that in a way that you want a manager to handle it, not the way, you know, not, not Wraith Rovers kind of, ah, oh, well, we'll play in way, but in a, that would be it. Unlucky lad. So he was, he's moved there, but he's done well since he's, he's signed as well. They've had some great results. 6-0 win against Sunderland, their last result, 4-0. 4-0 victory as well. You know, they, they score goals. They do concede a couple. You know, Oxford, I think it was was 3-2, and there's a couple of other games where they've conceded to they're not against a couple of concessions. And let's face it, you'd know, probably back us to score in games where teams are going to leave a few gaps. You just don't back us to score in games where we're expected to beat teams down. So, you know, 
if you're a betting person, um, betting's bad. Gambling's bad, remember, um, of course. But if you were both teams to score, I think it's nailed on tonight. Absolutely. Certainly, certainly not going to be nil-nil without a doubt. Can you hear this? Are you all all right with it? It's absolutely crazy. Um, so in that respect, it's going to be interesting. I think when you, when you look at our side, I, I was kind of, believe it or not, doing a bit of research before I came out of this video. It surprised me how few games there are left. Six games left in since or back. By next Saturday, by the conclusion of next Saturday's game, it should Days away from Central Bank. You know, by the time that we get this one out of the way, we'll be overloaded with away games. I don't think it's a particularly bad thing given how um, given how we play away. There's very, very few games left. And I think I tend to look at that and, and, and put that in the context of well, the teams below us have got 13, 12 games left. If they take one to one and a half points per game, one and a half points per game, by the way, is a decent Teams are probably teams around us like Morecambe probably going to come away with let's say 15 more points, maybe maybe a few more, not a lot more. For instance, a gap between us and Morecambe. So you think actually four wins? And I've been it's pushing it, but you, know, you get four wins and a few points here and there. We're in a pretty decent position. So actually now we're getting to the stage of the season where every game does count. And this is going to sound crazy, even the games we don't play. Because every single weekend, like this weekend just gone, we didn't play. We didn't play, I get that, but we didn't play. Teams below us did play. And what that means is that a lot of them dropped points. So actually, we were in a great position because every single weekend counts now. You know, if you don't play in October, you kind of think, oh, well, there's another 35 games to go, you know, for we have to worry about how many points we've got. But now we are getting to the business end of the season. You think that nearly at the end of February, very soon, we'll be thinking, well, actually, next month is the last month of the season, bar maybe one game in, you know, in May. So we're really beginning to get to the business end now. And when you look at Bolt, you know, they did some great business in January. They've kicked on really, really well. People look at us and say, we did good business. And I actually think we did. I did the article last night, which said that, um, you know, we're averaging now 1.4 points per game. So over the course of the season, it would be an extra kind of 10 points or whatever between now and the end of the season. So, you know, I think it would be a, enough to keep us up. And I've just mentioned players that, uh, that they signed, Kyle Dempsey, um, Dion Charles, I've mentioned Dion Blind and Leon, who plays out wide. You know, it's easy to look at that and go, right, they've got some players, this player's doing well, that player's doing well, etc., etc. People will look at Lincoln and say the same. And, you know, I've always said that you're more critical of a team when you're on the inside, when you're on the inside looking out, and the outside looking in. And uh, yeah, the, the, the classic example for me was the, uh, the National League season where my AP was absolutely certain that we were going to get promoted to a point where he was telling me more or less every time we spoke. And I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. You know, we've got this, and this player does this sometimes. He's like, yeah. But he was looking from the outside in and he was saying, just because you see everything in 90 minutes, you know, that's not actually a fair reflection of where you are. And that sounds crazy, but it's not because you balance watching 90 minutes of football against looking at who scores for Bolton on a Saturday. You go, well, he's scoring a few goals, so he's doing well. We need somebody like him. Well, actually, if you look at Dion Charles' goal returns, he's gone to Bolton. 
we have John Marquis. If you look at off a, uh, off a Lions return in recent weeks, Morgan Whitaker. Now, I know people, you guys will say, oh, yeah, but Morgan Whitaker, two goals, but he's not done a lot apart from that. But how do we know that the lad that had one good game against us when they came to our place, off a Lion, isn't the same? How do we know that? We don't. You always see, you always got much more material to base your opinion of your own team on, and much less material to base your opinion of another team on. And quite often that leaves you skewed. And it, I mean, it does, it does work the other way. You look at Doncaster and you base that on, well, they've been losing games, they must be shit. And don't get me wrong, they were shit, to be fair. They were really, really poor. But you kind of, you know, you're, you're basing it on a very rudimentary kind of thought process. Their bottom, they must be rubbish. And you, know, you look at Gillingham on Saturday, that's going to be a much tougher game now than it would have been six weeks ago. They've got a new manager, they've got a bit of impetus, still think they'll go down. But it'll be much tougher, but people won't see that. People will say, Bolton away, going to be tough. They've won seven in nine. This player and that player scores goals. Fair enough. But the, the Bolton fans might be looking and go, well, Lincoln have, have had a couple of difficult results, but they do well away from home. John Marquis scores goals. Morgan Whitaker scores goals. Liam Cullen's even got one. You know, new signings, chips in, six goals. That Arsenal left back, or Arsenal right back, they're going to be raving about him. And I think about Oxford fans looking at us. We don't have to play Oxford again. Fair enough. Oxford fans will be looking at us going, wow, that Whitaker was superb. Look, he scored again the other week. And that's where the thought process goes. So I think it's really easy to make um, base judgments on games that you've got coming up um, without kind of without context. I think that's I think a lot of football fans do it. I think it's it's hard to keep context, if I'm honest, um, at times, especially when you're in a bit of a relegation battle as we are. You know, and and that's proven by the fact I've seen people saying. It's as bad as 2010-11 with sleepwalking into relegation. Well, actually, at this point in 2010-11, um, we weren't doing badly. Pretty much the same as we are now. Um, we we can't remember what sort of transfer window we had. I think we'd brought Grimes in well before that. Bring loan players in at more or less any time, I think. Then. Um, but there's so many differences. There are. And we're not playing well at home. Or rather, I don't think we're playing badly at home, but we're not getting the results at home. And that's a bit of a shame because you've got seven and a half, eight thousand fans coming every week. And as Gavi sits behind me saying, it's sick of watching Lincoln lose at home. I am. I am as well. Do you know? I really am. The people that go away every week as well, those people see the other side of it and the stats. And I get what people are going to say to me now. There's only one stat that matters, blah, 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 blah. But the stats suggest that we're doing the same things now as we were last season. Same shots, same more or less same shots on target. You know, we were a couple of goals short, lacking a slightly clinical edge. But other than that, there's there's not a huge difference, apart from the loan of a, a player that's now worth £20 million, which you get once in a lifetime. Before Brennan Johnson, who was the best loan we had before that, David Sommer, about 10 years ago. It's, and I'm not saying loans are hit and miss, but you never quite know. I was reading an interesting piece on The Athletic last night about Matty Longstaff. Uh, and you might know Matty Longstaff, who's the Newcastle player, scored on his debut against Manchester United, given a £20,000 a week contract, now on loan at Mansfield. And I found it really interesting that there were League One clubs who refused to take Longstaff because he hadn't played an awful lot of football going into January. So he's ended up having to go to League Two. League Two. And the, and the, the perception is £20,000 a week Newcastle player, he's going to tear League Two up, but you never know. How's he going to settle? 
none of the big reports mentioned you had a loan spell at Aberdeen and barely got a kick. And I think you've got to look at our loan players a little bit like that. You know, actually, although we're, we're critical of, or say we, I'm not, that there are sections of the sport that are critical of Whitaker and Cullen. I've seen words like offer nothing. Yeah, they do. They offered three goals for a start. <clears throat> I think they've, okay, Whitaker's drifted in and out of games, but he certainly had a hell of a lot more impact than Adelican had over a similar sort of period. And, and, and I'm not writing a delicate off there. I'm just kind of kind of asking for some sort of perspective. And I think perspective is always the interesting one, isn't it? It's perspective is something that I always mention in relation to, to Lincoln City, always. And so I think going into the Bolton game, we have to retain a little perspective because I can already tell you what the narrative will be in the event of, 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 the, of the different outcomes. Go tonight and lose... The doommongers will be out calling Michael all the names that they call him, the funny names. He's got to go, apparently, that sort of thing. Um, now we've lost our ability to win away as well. Relegation beckons, blah, blah, blah. Easy to say. And if we don't get relegated, they'll say something like skin of the teeth. Similar people were, were, when, we were, when we won the Czech Trade Trophy. It's going to cost us a playoff place. Didn't know, did it? But it's easy to say it at the time and then go back and say, oh, I nearly did. And then in the title winning season, you know, when we were dropping the odd point here and there, drawing away at Oldham, we're not going to go up with results like that. Well, we did, though. But they still walked out on the final game of the season when we lost 3-0 against Colchester. Even though we'd won the title, people were still like, I'm not entertained by this. Direct football, it's rubbish, we're losing. Now we're playing a bit of football, it's boring football without purpose. Not the same as MK Dons last year, play 100 fewer passes a game than MK Dons. You know, fewer back passes, fewer lateral passes and then K-Dons, but we get likened to that football without a purpose because we're getting tired of seeing us play teams at home that we should be beating and I'm, I, I'm, I'm with that, I get that, I'm not with it I am, funny how the celebrated performance was the long ball kind of anti-football against Wickham, everyone's saying, oh that's brilliant that's battling, is that what we want to see, is, is, do we not want to see passing football, do we want to see fighting football, would we rather people saying, I'd like Gareth Ainsworth here, would we would we want to watch that every week? We did to a degree under Danny and everyone hand clapped and fist pumped and sweet Caroline. And that kind of brings me on to the Michael point as well as people criticise Michael saying, you know, he doesn't show any passion. I mean, he does. He doesn't show fist pumping sweet Caroline passion, which, which worked for a time. Certainly did. He doesn't show that. I get it. People say we need a manager, not a coach. Do you know, I remember the last time we had a manager, not a coach. In my opinion, stop me if I'm wrong, Peter Jackson. He was a manager. He was play the crowd, get the fans on side, motivational speeches, Mr. Charisma. That's what he was. When he didn't have a decent coach underneath him, we crumbled. Neil McDonald was a very, very good coach. He's a good coach, not a manager. He's failed at several clubs. One of the clubs might be Blackpool, so he's one of the worst managers they've ever had. But when he was coaching under Peter Jackson, we had the manager coach combo brilliant is that, is that what we need a manager I'm not so sure I think Michael's doing a bad job we struggle at home but he set the team up to create chances against Doncaster we create chances is it his fault that we missed you know the chances that we created the style of football got us into the position okay we didn't swarm all over them but this is league one this is league one they're not 
they're not whipping boys in League One as there were a couple of years ago. And when we did play the whipping boys in League One a couple of years ago, South End lost 2-1, remember? We struggle against lower teams. Struggle to break teams down. Probably to do with how we have to recruit as well. I mean, we, you know, we don't have swathes of attacking players that we can bring in and drop in. We don't outspend for the likes of Dion Charles. We've done well to bring in John Marquis. Hard-working centre-forward and he's improved the team. Back to the rhetoric. If we win tonight, I can already see that if only our home form was better, we could go up. That would be the negative response. Win tonight, and of course you'll have the people coming out going, they've answered their critics, blah, blah, blah. The truth is, this is going to go on until the end of the season. We will win some games. We will lose some games. Bold statement. We will stay up. Probably finish where we are now. I thought we'd finish a bit higher. If I'm honest, probably finish where we are now. Keep it interesting until the end of the season. I think it would surprise me if our trip to Accrington is one that has anything riding on it. I'm entirely honest. That would, that would surprise me. Uh, let me know about the wind here because I'm about to walk into a massive headwind, so I might need to turn this off. Uh, and if we draw tonight, I think general consensus will be a decent point. Actually, for a neutral, a draw will be the one that causes the least amount of stress, I think, on social media the least amount of arguing because no one will be out crowing about it. No one will be out kind of criticising it too heavily. It'll be the medium. And obviously I want us to win. I just don't want to be arguing afterwards. I really don't. But every game that I look at, I think if you're taking an average of two points a game, that's promotion. If you're taking an average of one and a half points per game, that'll keep you up. That's an average, I think, over the course of the season, about 66 so that's a win, one, lose, one, win, one, lose, one through to the end of the season. 14 games left. That'd be win seven, 21 points. That's going to keep you up. Just, just probably be about what we get. 20 points between now and the end of the season. It'd be a decent ball, decent return. And, and unfortunately, then you've got next season to go into, which is going to be big. I, I genuinely think that that's going to be a season where, you know, I say make or break, not in many people's eyes, but in... In a lot of people's eyes, that's this season. Michael's supporters, it's it's a longer-term project. But in a neutral perspective, you know, if if you have... You've, we've got the difficult second season here. If we can get through the difficult second season, you want to be doing what Oxford did last year. And that's kind of... They, they struggled uh, a year before last, I think it was. Finally fired up the table late on. It might even have been the year before that. And now have established themselves as the top, top, top 10 team. That's where you need to be. Get, ride this difficult season out and see where we are after that. But that's a long term in the future. What we've got now is a game against Bolton Wanderers. And the truth is, win, lose or draw, thanks to some of the results that have gone on around us, none of us a disaster. You know, I went into a couple of games uh, a few weeks ago where we were in the bottom four going into a game. That, for me, was a, a, a big game. Morecambe, a must-not-lose game. Yeah, and because we didn't lose the Borkham game and because of the proximity of Morecambe to ourselves, that was a bigger game for me than Doncaster. And people saying Doncaster was a, a must-not-lose game, but it wasn't a six-pointer. Doncaster, if Doncaster stay up, for me, it'll be a bloody miracle because they offer so little going forward, particularly great back. Yeah, it was our wastefulness that cost us the game. Combined just with so many men behind the ball, and other teams will break that down. And there are other teams I worry about as well. Morecambe look like they might be about to lose their manager. That will certainly impact them negatively. Wimbledon have been knocking on the door to get back into League Two for so long. You know, it's only really they're like a splinter that keep getting pushed up because everyone else is so bad. They keep getting pushed out of the bottom four, not because 
for any other reason. I think we've got enough to get past these teams. If we lose tonight, that doesn't change my opinion. If we lose tonight and Saturday and next Saturday, maybe it does. Sheffield Wednesday won't come here and sit behind the ball. It'll be a good game. It was a good game at Hillsborough. Anyway, so that's where I am. 22 minutes of me pondering about uh, Lincoln City and Bolton and things like that. I appreciate everybody who's stopped by. I'm going to turn around and go back the other way with my dog. Uh, Brian Rundle says, we've got a free hit tonight, in my opinion. Two teams that play good football should make for an entertaining match. Yeah, you'd hope so. It was an entertaining match at Central Bank earlier in the season. We just lost it. So it didn't feel entertaining. But I think anybody that tuned into that game would probably say it felt, you know, as a neutral, it felt like a good game. I think the point I'd make about that as well is when you look at that team we put out there and the team we put out now, I think we're much, much better. They are. We are. I think when the two teams met earlier in the season, we felt like we were a top 10 team and they felt like they were a, an aspiring top half team. And yeah, I think both teams got a bit of a, a shock, which has over the course of the season proven to be the case that they're just that bit better than us. I think uh, Sarsovic got their goal, didn't he, late on, now playing in the National League. I remember last Sorensen playing a good portion of that game and drawing quite a bit of criticism from people around me. And my dog's gone to a field of sugar beet, which has really been harvested by now. Um, so that's where we were. Uh, let's have a look. Mr. Smith, morning, Clive. Quality alone players are getting the start of football has vastly improved with MA. And it has, and that's one of the points I always make and to people who are critical of my capital. And look, I'm not, I'm not, people are entitled to their opinions. And in my opinion, that theirs is not right, but I won't say theirs is wrong because that would be in my opinion. That's the beauty of it. And, you know, if people express their concerns in the correct way, I'm willing to listen. My mate Roy, Roy Thompson from, um, from up here, Cambridge, him, uh, is, you know, he's the sort of person who, when he has a point to make, he can put it in the correct manner. He doesn't just go on the line and go, Croppleton's at it again or whatever, because that, for me, I read that and I think, oh, God, one more opinion that I don't have to listen to anymore. You know, I, I want people with good opinions that differ to mine that make me think and wonder and, and, and pose questions. So, um, and, and that, Clive, is, is a point of that. There, people who are not fans of Michael Appleton, should look and look at the recruitment in general, not just the summer. The summer was a difficult was a difficult one. We didn't get it entirely right. We know that. But actually, John Mark was kind of on a six-month deal. He's been an inspired signing. Yeah, I don't. Morgan Whitaker has been in and out of games, but he's not a bad player, like people say. And I actually think Liam Cullen has done well, considering he's been playing out of position. And you know, Brooke Dawn Coffey. It's funny how many people will criticise. Michael Appleton, and will criticise players that we've brought in and then happily kind of praise Norton Coffey as if he's not part of the same transfer process. Strange, isn't it? When you were younger, you used to go in and buy albums, records. I certainly did. And I'd, sometimes I'd buy three or four and you'd get home and there'd always be one or two that you'd play a lot. There'd always be the odd one that looked great and then you listen to it and kind of thought, maybe not. Sticks in my mind. I remember actually going into Sonic Sounds, gym at Sonic Sounds, brilliant, brilliant shop. Back where it is now, real nostalgia. And I remember going in there and buying um, Rancid and Out Come the Wolves and Pennywise album called I think it was About Time. And I actually thought the Pennywise one would be really good. And I got home and listened to it at the time. It was kind of scary. Pop punk and then Rancid and Out Come the Wolves probably changed I'd say changed my life, but certainly my outlook on music, and I didn't expect that. And the club's transfer window is very much like that, isn't it? You sign ones that look nailed on. Hakeem Delican doesn't really work. You sign ones that, you know, look like a bit of a punt, Brooklyn or Coffee, and right now it's working. But I do think that generally our transfer business 
in terms of the loans that we've brought in has been very, very good. Some of our permanent signings have been very, very good. I mean, last season we were raving about almost everybody we signed. This season, not so much. But there are some players, I think, who have been on the fringe this season who will have bigger roles to play next season. I still think Matt Sorensen will be a decent player for this football club. So, we shall see. Mr Needham, rare Tuesday away for me. So, buzzing for that away win at last. Yeah, certainly uh, certainly hope so. Um, and then one I would like to be going to just for work. It's, it's not possible, unfortunately. So, I shall be tuning in at home. Uh, I didn't do the FA Cup game. I didn't have tickets back in 2010. And I was ill. Uh, partially an illness. Partially, I think, because I'd been on a three-day bender uh, around New Year. And I was just in no fit state to speak to anybody, let alone leave the house and drive to Bolton. Massive regret up until the final whistle when I realised we'd got thumped with a team of other people's lone players who we'd never seen. And, and many of them barely saw again. So, yeah, big game, big game. Mr. Mercer, aren't you doing well, pal? I've just described all of the lads that sit around me to a T. There's a smattering of each, the negative, the positive, the neutrals. It's what makes coming to football so interesting. Uh, I won't say the bit that's really nice, uh, but thank you, Carl. It is. I like other opinions. I'm not somebody who sees an opinion online and thinks, your opinion doesn't agree with me, so I'm going to mute. I mute predictable people who know what they're going to say. I mute people who challenge you know, when there's been a bad result and their first, their go-to kind of tweet is, defend that. Where are the positive people tonight? That, for me, is, what does that offer? That's just confrontational. And for me, if we all support the same team, we should be able to debate things without being confrontational. You're always going to get heated because you believe your football team belongs to you. You do. And, and it's why people argue about who's the better fan. You know, oh, I go to more away games. Oh, I've been a fan since 1978. People do that because they feel the team belongs to them more than anybody else because they have so many personal things, memories linked to it. They have times they spent away with friends who have since departed. They have you know, seminal moments in their life that have been inextricably linked to football. And every time they do that, it makes the football club feel like it's, it's their football club. We all feel it. We all feel it. And sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the fact that other people feel that way as well. There are other people who remember a game that was on their wedding day. I remember the last game they went to with their dad. Or remember a, a childhood moment that helped shape, you know, the way that they kind of acted and behaved from school or, or growing up with a certain group of friends. So we all feel that the football clubs are. So it's easy to get very, very passionate about it. But the go-to argument shouldn't be right. There shouldn't be a division within a Lincoln City fan base. There shouldn't be that. There should be a, okay, I, yeah, I take your point on board different to mine. I'm not going to fall out with you. And I often think about um, Marcus Clayson is somebody who I don't always agree with online. Never muted him. Never. Because his arguments are always at least grounded in some form of reality. And I know he's, he's never somebody that comes on and tells me he's a better fan because he's five or six years older or whatever and has therefore been to more games. He doesn't do that. And I respect that. I respect people that can understand that you know, your football club is to you what it is to other people as well it's not just your thing okay i write and do videos and stuff i'm not the only one that does it i don't think that i am i don't think i'm a better fan because i have time to do a video in the morning when i walk the dog or because somebody who's 25 hasn't been able to go to games as long as i have because they weren't born that's utterly crazy utterly crazy 
so yeah, Carl, basically to go back to you, that's kind of, that's it. I mean, yeah, I sit with a great eclectic group of people, um, really, really good people. And, and over the course of the years, I'm getting to know more and more of them. There's, there's people, you know, in the row, either side of me, my good mate, Matt, there's, there's people the other side of him, there's Stan I sit next to, there's people the other side of him, there's Gab, there's my dad, there's a whole group of um, Waldorf and Statlers behind, uh, behind next to dad who have all got great opinions and even behind them there's uh, there's the Allsop family who have who brought some programs for me and I don't get to talk to them as much because they're kind of a row further back but um, yeah they're all, all good people and all with different opinions that's football it's life it's the world imagine if we all had the same opinions I mean it might be a good a good thing in Ukraine at the moment but around football it certainly wouldn't be Walter, fancy us getting a point, actually. Yeah, good shout. I would think it's a bit closer for you to home, isn't it? You're up that way, Walter, I seem to think. I thought I could see us getting something from it. Like I say, both teams to score. Almost certainly. Nailed on. Yeah, I'm not a betting man. Um, but if I was, I'd put money on that. But the trouble is to make it pay, you have to put money on two or three others. And, you know, unlike some pundits, I don't know enough about every other team to do it. So, Right, so there we go. I've dragged this out for 30 minutes. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed it. It's a tough time to watch, I think, on a Tuesday morning. Um, but if you're listening in again on the podcast, yeah, I hope you like these kind of these specials. I do, uh, I do quite enjoy enjoy doing them. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of fun, isn't it? When you work on your own and live at, you know, work where you live, and I see Phoebe and she doesn't know a lot about football. It's just nice to get out and vent a bit. It really is. So, if you see me on Saturday as well, apologies in advance. But um, for the first time in a, a long time, I'm not driving to the game. We're going out before and afterwards. So if I don't quite talk sense, um, aside from if you think that's the norm, fair enough. Um, but if not, I might smell a little of alcohol. So my apologies in advance. Anyway, here we go. Uh, Bolton Wanderers away. Up the imps. Fingers crossed. Chat to you later in the week. Bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.